Are we doing this? Really? Wait for it. Are we doing this? Wait for it. Ow! What the fuck? WTF. And it's also, eh, what the fuck? What's wrong with me? It's time for WTF. What the fuck? With Mark Marin. Oh, shit. How's it going, what the fuckers? Welcome to a live broadcast of What the Fuck at the UCB Theater in Los Angeles, California. How are you, everybody good? My mailman's here again. You're gonna become a recurring character, but you're gonna have to wear the outfit if you keep coming. I've got presents for everybody so we can get the plugs out before we go. I've got What the Fuck Roast, JustCoffee.coop. Oh, it's like a bouquet at a wedding. I got another one, anybody? Oh, shit. Nice try. I have two What the Fuck t-shirts. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Let me qu- They're Nerdcock shirts. Still want them? It takes a real fucking man or woman to wear a Nerdcock shirt. You know, I thought it was such a great idea, the Nerdcock shirt, until someone said, where the fuck do we wear this? Like, I thought, like, the idea of Nerdcock was so powerful to me because it represents a larger idea. But, I mean, just a guy going to the gym wearing a Nerdcock shirt. Like, I got emails from people. They're like, I don't, you know, I don't know how to explain this, really. And I said, I don't know. You're just going to have to rough it out. Just turn around and show them the WTF pod on the back, and that'll help out. Let me plug that, too. If you're listening out there, not in the room, go to WTF pod and get yourself a shirt. So... Thanks for coming, you guys. I just uh, got back from Scotland, and my bowels are just now getting back to normal. I don't mean to be graphic or weird, but I have to kick a sausage addiction. Do you know what they fucking eat for breakfast? I already talked about this, but I can't get it out of my head. The, The amount of meat I had to ingest out of necessity in the morning in Scotland. I just... I. And I didn't have to eat it, but I kind of did. And then I started to think about Scotland because I was there for like five days. And I really became, I decided that they are probably the best people in the world. And I hated them before I got there. And like I became enamored with the Scots because like I decided that America's, we don't really think we're going to die ever. And I decided that the Scots know they're going to die. And that that's what makes them great. I mean, how can you eat that shit for breakfast? every day, not knowing that, like, I'm just going to kill myself with this. And they've got this beautiful cemetery right up on the hill that, like, overlooks the entire town, almost like, that's where we're going. (laughs) I thought that was good. I I enjoyed Scotland. I also wanted to bring to your attention these fucking boots. Am I right? This is my second pair of Red Wing Gentleman Traveler boots. I have another pair in red that I became uh, just completely enamored with. And I'm like, I've got to get another fucking pair of these as soon as possible. Have you ever had that feeling where you need to buy something like you need drugs? I I literally got online. I Googled Red Wing stores in Los Angeles because I was in a panic. And I'm calling Red Wing stores like, do you have black gentlemen travelers? And they're like, no. And I'm like, why not? What kind of Red Wing store is this? And I kept calling, and I found one in Chinatown. And this is one of those stories where I have to really think about whether or not I'm racist. (laughs) But isn't racism like, you know, I hate you because you're that way? Isn't that racism? Racism is not just sort of like, are you going to fuck me because you're that way? (laughs) I, I mean... 
Do you know what I'm saying? Is that's not the same? Isn't racism like hating another ethnicity or group of people because they are that? Whereas it's not racism; it's just stereotyping paranoia when you say, "Please don't act Chinese." <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but that's what happened. I went, I went to Chinatown to the Red Wing store down there. There's one in Chinatown, which is an excellent Red Wing store. And the reason I've become enamored and completely obsessed with Red Wings is that you can go into a Red Wing store, they have a lifetime, they're not sponsoring the show, by the way, but they have a, lifelong, a lifetime guarantee, you can bring them into any Red Wing store, they will replace it, anything that's a manufacturing defect, and give you new laces, if you just bring them in there, and the best thing, they'll oil them. How great is that? I feel like I actually have a job when I wear these things. So, like, I'm just looking forward to where I have to go get my boots oiled. Yeah, I've been working pretty hard. Better give these an oil and... These look new, shut up. I've been working hard. But I go to Chinatown to buy the boots and he's got all these, he's got every red wing boot imaginable and he's like, I'm trying on boots and he's this little Chinese guy and I had that moment where I'm like, are these even fucking real? Is this some sort of Chinese bootleg red wing store? Are, do they know about you? How do I know these are real? And I was sitting there thinking that, and then I thought that to like, and then I thought like, I know, I, I I got the question that'll resolve this. I'm like, how long you had the store? And the guy goes, 35 years. I'm like, you can't be fucking selling bullshit for 35 years. You're the real deal. And then he started talking about Minnesota and that like, I'm lucky I got these because they come from Minnesota. And now I think he's the best person in the world. <laughs> That's my boot story. Another thing I've been talking about that I, I didn't talk about when it was like more topical because I didn't know how to talk about it was, you know, I didn't watch the Olympics, okay? Because like I just, I, when I do watch them, I find myself crying and very involved and, and happy that people are able to do these completely unnecessary activities really well. <laughs> and I find them entertaining, but like I, I really got turned off to the Olympics uh, because at the beginning, I watched the opening ceremonies when the luge guy, you know, had died, right? And I'm like, well, that just fucks up the entire Olympics for me. Not because I was sad about the death of the guy in the luge, but because they kept calling it a tragedy. It's not a tragedy, okay? This is a guy that got killed because he gets on a sled, feet first, and goes down a chute of ice <laughs> and tries to go 90 miles an hour. And people are like, it's a tragedy. How did it happen? What was wrong? I'll explain. <laughs> he got onto a sled, feet first, and tried to go down a chute of ice 90 miles an hour. That's not a tragedy. That's a workplace hazard for that guy. If he had died any other way, that would have been a tragedy. I mean... I would have watched the Olympics if they had, you know, all like been holding candles and grieving if the guy had slipped in the shower and died. <laughs> because that would have been fucking horrible. The fact, it's like, I was talking about this last night with somebody. It's just, it's like this idea where it's like, it was horrible. It was a hang gliding tragedy accident. It's not a fucking accident. You're just, you're floating on a kite. I'm going to feel bad because you fell out of the sky like a fucking idiot? <laughs> My problem. <laughs> you want to hear about my personal life? Yeah? 
I don't think I've told you guys about this. You know, I'm not a I'm not a stripper person. I don't I don't go to strip clubs. Uh, uh, for everybody listening at home, right after I said strip club, I held my water bottle and it ejaculated. There was no way I could have done it on purpose. And of course, because it happened by accident, it got the biggest laugh of the evening. Now back to the show. <laughs> I, don't, I don't go to strip clubs. Only, I have nothing against them. I just, I can't. I've only gone to a few in my life. And the reason I don't go is that I always believe them. So how I'm dating a stripper, I don't quite understand. I'll explain to you what happened. Um, I met this woman not outside of a strip club context, and she said she was a writer. And I said, really? What do you write about? And she said, well, I write about sex work, being a dominatrix, and stripping. And I said, why do you write about that? She goes, well, that's what I do. So somehow I just held on to writer. <laughs> so... I'm dating a woman whose job, uh, sometimes, it's to, you know, be on, basically to set up appointments with men with money who may want to be spanked or dress up like a woman or, you know, have a dildo stuck in their ass for an hour. See, look at, look at you people. People are judging. That, that, that's honest work. Okay? And what I don't understand about me is how did I become this guy? I mean, I, when I was younger, I was the kind of guy that if I was dating somebody and they'd go, like, disappear for two hours, I, they'd come back and be like, who were you fucking? What were you doing? Were you fucking around with somebody? Just fucking tell me. Who were you fucking? Now I'm the guy that says, how was work? <laughs> and it's the same question, really. <laughs> now here's the thing that kills me really is that like I don't know if I'm evolving or just dead inside but the it's a joke but I'm not that kinky I'm not weird you know I don't you know I just like to have good deep normal satisfying sex I don't really do anything odd or perverse in any way I don't really have any fetishes but if I continue dating this person how am I not going to end up tied to a bed eventually? <laughs> just out of curiosity. And I know how, how that'll go. I'll just be tied to a bed going, you know, I don't, I don't think I'm good with this. <laughs> and she'll be holding a ball gag saying, the safe word is marry me. <laughs> Emails. You want to? This one is not uh, real. It was an email exchange I had, which is always better because if some of you follow me on Twitter, you know I'm not beyond getting into stupid fights <laughs> with people that have 12 fucking followers. And there's no winning those fights. But this was an email from a guy who fucking... He, all right, this is all he sent. From episode 47, Margaret Cho. 24-11. At 24 minutes and 11 seconds in. Then he transcribes it. Okay, this is in quotes. Marin, colon, quote. Like, 
I know crazy people are drawn to me like a magnet because I'm wired. And you got to figure you are as well. I realized this recently in life that because I grew up with a manic depressive, you know, with anger problems and completely selfish parents, I'm wired to accommodate those people. I, you know, can, and he's doing you knows here. People that are, other people will say like, that guy's fucking nuts, you know. I can have them talking like a normal person and feeling very sort of heard very quickly and they're drawn to me. I have that gift, which is horrible, unquote. Okay, then in caps. Really? Then stop asking us to your shows. <laughs> what the fuck indeed? <laughs> and yes, I have unsubscribed. <laughs> so I wrote back... I was referring to people that walk up to me in the street or break through my personal boundaries without being considerate, like your email. Sorry you thought I was talking about you. How fucking crazy is that? He spent probably an hour going back, listening to the show, transcribing it to say, then stop talking to me. I thought you were my friend. <laughs> What's up, Mark? Spelled W-A-T-S. Dude, I want to start out by saying my name is Josh. I'm in eighth grade, and I fucking love your podcast. You are the kind of guy I want to be like someday. And then in parentheses, except the Jewish part, I ain't Jewish. <laughs> but anyway, I've been listening for a while, and I already had a fucked up sense of humor, spelled S-E-N-C-E. -E. But I think you have refined it, dude. You are a comedy god. And oh, I can't forget, what the fuck? Well, Josh, you anti-Semitic youngster. <laughs> Learn how to spell, and good luck with everything. <laughs> oh, yeah, and thanks for listening. A what-the-fuck moment I'd like to share, subject line. Hi, Mark. I recently had a what-the-fuck moment, and I thought I would share it with you. First of all, I'd like to express the fact that I've always considered myself to be a very open-minded, non-judgmental person, and I really appreciate diversity. And generally, I will always help a person in need if I am able to do so. Anyway, I was jogging through my predominantly young professional urban neighborhood last night. <laughs> what a fucking setup. I mean, like, I, like whatever she's going to say, I kind of resent her already. Because she's trying to cover for something, but it's... All right. When I was approached by a middle-aged African-American man who was hanging out in front of the neighborhood deli. Uh, he was dressed sort of poorly in a threadbare flannel shirt. Who the fuck has ever used that word? I'm not even sure I know what it means. Threadbare? I like it. I felt like it's like a Shakespearean moment for me. A pair of dirty jeans and paint-splattered work boots. Bet you they're Red Wings. As I jogged past him, he approached me and began asking me something. However, I was unable to hear what he was saying because I was listening to my iPod. I took off my headphones, shrugged my shoulders, and just said, I'm sorry, I don't have any money. 
The look on this man's face quickly went from shock to disgust, and he replied, I don't need any money. I asked you where Thurman Avenue is. At that moment, all I could do was stand there on the sidewalk and try to sputter out an apology or an explanation or something that could explain why I said what I said. Well, I think that's covered in the first half of the paragraph. <laughs> but, but he quickly walked past me towards his car. I felt horrible. What the fuck is the matter with me? Just because this man wasn't dressed like he just stepped out of an American apparel ad, like the majority of the assholes in my neighborhood, I assume that he's looking for a handout? My response came out of my mouth like word vomit. I like that. And it was horrifying. This poor guy just wanted directions, but instead of taking the time to listen to him, my knee-jerk reaction was to evade what I assumed to be a vagrant who was bothering me for money for booze. What the fuck? This is more like a confession. Anyways, I've decided that my penance for this will be a monthly donation to your podcast. Hopefully my small monthly contribution will help the podcast go, keep going and keep my liberal white guilt at bay. I hope this finds you... In good health and good spirits. Uh, signed, Claire. Yeah, Claire, it does. And I just, uh, could you thank my street team for me? Because they are doing great work. They, they've really focused on exactly who my audience is. And I, gotta, okay. I like these really short ones. I got a few short ones. I like when people use the word brother because you know it's going to be good. Here's a WTF, brother. So, I've been crashing with my friends all winter long. I'm downstairs watching Neil Young on IFC performing at Ryman Auditorium. My friend's wife comes down and says, okay, American Idol's on, and she turns it. What the fuck, Marin? <laughs> I don't know, dude. I think it's time to find another place to crash, brother. <laughs> Dear Mark, I love your show, I really do. I like uh, your show so much it almost creeps me out. It's kind of a compliment that erases itself. My mother used to do that. Whenever <laughs> My mother like finishes every compliment or positive statement with a question. Like, you know, so that's a nice shirt, right? Started out good, then something happened right at the end. <laughs> good or bad, I really feel like we have a lot in common, and I swear to God, sometimes I feel like I'm listening to my own head when I listen to your show. Don't worry, I'm not suggesting we become friends or anything. <laughs> After all, if someone was hanging out with you and telling you all the things you were always telling yourself all the fucking time, how long would it be before you just told that person to shut the fuck up? I mean, really. Well, Bill, I can pretty much guarantee we're not going to be friends. <laughs> what I get from your show is reassurance. Reassurance that there is at least one person out there on the planet that thinks a little like me. Twice a week, I know I am not alone. Now I need a little help. I think I have a pretty good sense of humor, but I seem to piss off more people than I amuse. Here's an example of a conversation I had with my stepsons, age 15 and 17. Me. Is it weird for someone who is 50 to still masturbate? <laughs> Age 15. I can't believe you asked us that. <laughs> Age 17. I don't think it's weird you masturbate, but I can't believe you would talk to us about it. 
Me. Jesus, I'm sorry. Did you think I was talking about me? I was talking about your mom. <laughs> so how bad is this really? Not bad at all. I think we're, we've got to tighten this up. I got one from a schizophrenic. Dear Mark Maron, I want to let you know how much I appreciate your podcast. It's always funny and entertaining, but more valuable to me than most things funny and entertaining. I'm a schizophrenic, and even though I'm very highly functioning, I can't really connect with people. I can interact with people in a professional manner and in an awkwardly polite social way, but that's about it. I don't have deep familiar relationships, even with my family. Without exaggeration, I don't think I ever had a sober conversation which lasted more than three minutes. I guess that through your podcast... <laughs> I am exposed to something absent in my life and incredibly difficult to find in most entertainment media. Real people relating to each other in a truthful and sincere way. I cannot tell you how much I appreciate being able to listen in on that twice a week. I spend all of my time trapped inside my own head. It's good to have other real, sincere, raw, real, in caps, voices and perspectives in there with me. So thank you to you and Brendan and everybody involved in the show. And then it says, now on to the real business. I'm a 27-year-old male and cannot grow facial hair. Am I really missing out on anything? <laughs> I don't even know what to do with that. Okay, we'll end with this one because it was very concise and I thought it was genius. Mark, my life needs to change. Do you need an assistant? All right, let's bring out our first guest. He's the host of the John Doerr Show. He's from Canada, and I want to get to know him. Please welcome John Doerr to the stage. Hey, bud. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Are you going to be all right for the 15 minutes? You got enough beer? I don't, it's 15? I got to get more. I got to get more. Okay. <laughs> I thought it was five. That, that's a first, man. You were killing out here. Yeah. You it, shouldn't it, have guessed. Isn't this guy great, everyone? This guy great? Wow. Thank you. Yeah, you were killing. I appreciate that. I, yeah. you, you, you did bring a lot of beer with you, though. Yeah. You brought cigarettes, too, which you, yeah. you can't even smoke in here. You are just are like, these Nicorette? Those oh, are Nicorette. Right. Yeah, so we're just advertising that. We have an addiction problem, both of us. Right. Both of us have things we need, and even if we can't do them in public, just to know that they're here as our friend is important. <laughs> But you gave up, I see, because you're water in Nicorette. And I got I'm, and I'm commit alcohol. lozenges. What is commit. that? These are nicotine lozenges. These are the best because you, you have no real control over how quickly they dissolve, so you never know when you're going to get sick. Life's not, li see, life's not fun when you don't drink anymore, is it? No. It's just, let no, me, it's, you it's, never know when something's going to dissolve. <laughs> Someone please give me some fun. <laughs> Take me no, Disneyland. life is very fun uh, if, uh, if you don't drink. Because like the last conversation we had, remember in Montreal, we spoke for about an hour? No, we didn't speak exactly. for an hour. Exactly. See, I had a good yeah, time yeah. during that conversation. Can I tell um, you? Can I? Because uh, we actually don't know each other that well, right? All right. Right? Yeah. Well, no, that's true. No, it not? is true. And I, I just yeah. I wanted to say a couple things before we got started oh, with okay. our first date. Because I was going to tell you about our meeting in Montreal. But anyway, oh, okay. You better do that first. The yeah. actual meeting. Okay. Go ahead. Because it went like this. You said, because we had met once before in yeah. Vancouver. Do you remember that? At a show? Yeah, kind of. You kind of? Okay. Well, you, I was doing a show. 
and then you came and did a spot on the show. Okay. Very funny again. Isn't this guy hilarious, right, folks? Right. Give it up for this guy. I just have a feeling where this is going. And I'm no, no, no. It's not even a bad thing. And then we're in Montreal, and I kind of reintroduced myself. Like, hey, Mark. And you're like, yeah, you're that guy with the show where there's like, you got a problem? <laughs> and then I laughed, and you did this. You went, what, what? <laughs> And then he kind of walked away because I the way I the reason I laugh was because it sounded you, this is how you kind of sound. It's like you have the show where you're a protagonist, and then you're some you have some conflict. <laughs> so that's why I found that funny. So anyway, well, let me give you the backstory on that. Me. I saw your show, and it's basically you. You know, kind of. Um, you go out into the world and you try to do things that they're going to help the world and help your life and maybe solve some personal problems for you. Either personal problems with me, yes, or I see a problem in the world and I decide to go solve okay. it. For instance, like uh, just to give people an idea in case they've never seen it, which is, is it on TV? Which is all of you. Anymore? It's on television. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, it, it just finished airing on IFC. But uh, any, anyway, uh, for instance, I may see, uh, I may feel like I've been discriminated against, so I go out in the world and I try and end discrimination forever. That kind of thing. Or, <laughs> or, or I might, uh, I, I detect, which can be done. I. Uh, <laughs> Um, if, if those Arabs didn't get in the way. So, uh, I'm just being serious. Or the Chinese uh, boot salesman. But, but anyway, or a personal problem, for instance, if, uh, like, I had a testicle that was undescended when I was born. True story. And so I decide to go out and find out if I'm fertile uh, because I may want to have kids. So it's either a personal problem or a bigger problem. Go on. Okay. See, my issue was uh, two years or maybe three years ago, I pitched that show. And I know. when I, I know. saw, yeah. I know you did. Yeah. And when I saw you were <laughs> no, doing I it, no, I, I was like, fuck that guy. Right. That's my whole thing. And then you became that guy to me. And it's got nothing to do with you or me. It's so, a personal problem. It went, and there was a little bit of resentment there, and I want to apologize. That's okay. Isn't this guy great, everyone? <laughs> Isn't this guy great? No, but seriously. Wait, so let's you, talk about this undescended testicle. Um, sure. How does that happen? Sure. It just stays up there? Well, I was, yeah, it just stays up it's there. It's a little frightened. It's, it's scary. It's like, it I'm not ready yet. Yeah. I, I can't handle the future. I may want to be a vagina. It didn't know. Um, Mark, testicles don't talk. Do you love this guy? Um, really? No. Yours don't talk? A lot of my fans' testicles talk. I'm waiting for that email. My balls told me that you and I were friends. I'll send it to you. Uh, <laughs> this guy, isn't this guy, I want to be this guy. No, Except the Jewish part. I'm, I'm not a Jew. <laughs> I do want to be this guy. So it just doesn't come down. That's the thing? Well, it either... Okay, well, here's... The, I'm sorry. I, I feel like this is going to be boring as all hell, but I feel like um, my testicle, apparently, uh, I was told ascended because my mother swears that uh, the it, doctor... Because the doctor checks. Wait, so see. wait. You, you, uh -oh. have a, you have a testicle that didn't descend. I like talking, frankly, and I like the fact that we're using the word testicle, that, you know, it's, it's a frank conversation that has a medical tone. We're not saying, my ball. Like, so I think you should all appreciate that we're having a, a grown-up conversation about testicles. So your testicle, yeah. it actually... God, I want to suck your nuts. Yeah. No, I don't. Grown-up. It, it ascended? It ran away? Well, it, it was like, I don't like it down here. Uh, it could, well, my mother swears because the doctor is supposed to check, of course, if both descend. Yeah, right? well, that's what they age. say, yeah. Yeah. Um, so my mom swears that they had both descended. Mm -hmm. uh, how, now, why is your, your mom swears? Like, I have been looking at his balls every day. My son's balls are both out, they're happy, yes. and that's that. Yes, that she tells everyone when they come over for dinner. Like, a very passionate <laughs> conversation. 
What's your kid doing? He's in play school. Yeah, well, my kid's nuts are down. I swear it. That must be a Canadian thing. That doesn't happen here a lot. Don't get into that, okay. please. Uh, I, well, no, because I asked my mom, because I'm curious yeah. to know, yeah. well, why? Like, why did I have to have this operation? And she says, well, you had, a, an, uh, you had an, uh, an ascended testicle. Well, but now I talk to do- yeah. one of the doctors I've talked to over the course of doing our television show, and you find out a lot from it. Yeah. Uh, you should have thought of it. We... Um, <laughs> The uh, it doesn't hurt, does it? It's not the exact same show. It can't be. Get on with the story. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, um, my mom swears that one ascended, but then doctors say no, they can't ascend. But your balls but anyway, are okay. Yeah, they're fine. Okay, the testicle undescended. Okay, All right, that's good. what doctors say. Let's give but... his balls a round of applause. So I, I think uh, you know you're you're uh, an attractive man for a comedian. Yep. I, uh, which oh, is, yeah. Which is you know. <laughs> Which I probably had a little resentment about too, but I, I'm glad you're doing well. The, uh, you're the why are you bad? You're like a you're like a six. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, to to women who want to resolve their father issues, I'm a ten. All right. Out of. Yeah. Come see Professor Marin during office hours. Got a couple groans on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it oh, okay. Okay, so I'm a good-looking guy. You're saying? No, but you're Canadian, which is fine. Oh, okay, there's been yeah. some Canadian funny people. I am Canadian, yeah. And uh, but like, I don't know what you get up there, in, you know, like, because Canadian comics, they're, they're all. It seems to me, I don't want to generalize, but a lot of them are fairly pleasant people. I find Canadians to be they, they're not dark and weird and fucked up. You're right, fuckface. Yeah, uh, we're very pleasant. Um, is it because of the healthcare? Is it because that nothing's wrong up I there? I actually, I it, don't like to. To talk about, like, I just don't like to reinforce stupid stereotypes or talk about, like, comedy in general. But well, what uh, kind of? Com- I guess, what do you mean? What kind of well, comedy do wanna, you like? I guess. Well, most Canadian comics live in igloos. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> stupid. Um, no, 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 no. But you're, you're, what were you asking about Canadian? Well, comics? I mean, what, like, what, 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 so what, do you, what, what kind of comedy did you like growing oh, up? Oh, in what general, you, not yeah, even yeah, yeah. like. Um, I like I like everything. I mean, I grew up on Kids in the Hall. Yeah, one of my favorites. Uh, you know, Mr. Show. Uh, probably the two most influential TV shows. But like Letterman. You know, uh-huh. Steve Martin was probably my favorite. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. All right. I don't like uh, I don't like prop comedy. That's mm-hmm. one thing. Like I don't get very passionate about anything when it comes to comedy. I think you should be able to laugh about whatever you want to laugh about. But uh, just prop comedy drives me nuts. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, no. Fuck you. I'm not joking. <laughs> I'm serious, okay? If I see another prop com- Have you ever seen prop comedy? Just sure, I Fucking drives me nuts! <laughs> For those of you listening at home, John Doerr just broke a beer bottle over his head, and it now is wet in the head. The that- joke being that he doesn't like prop comics, yet he did a prop piece himself. Now, back oh, I didn't to the even show. think of that. I didn't even think of that part. Yeah, I'm, I just—it's a radio kind of. Thing. That was an eighteen-dollar joke. <laughs> <laughs> what did you pay to get in? It's funny you talk about because pro- I had this conversation with this radio, these radio guys in Cleveland because I'm going to Cleveland on Monday, and they bring a prop. Is this a real one? I wish I had all prop beer bottles. <laughs> <laughs> you kept doing it again. Just every time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
But the weirdest thing was, I've been doing this a long time, and there's not that many prop comics anymore, and yet some people still want to shit on Carrot Top for whatever reason, like it's important. Well, I think it's great. Actually, well, yeah, I, don't, yeah. I, it doesn't, I don't care one way or the other anymore, but there was a period there where lines were drawn where it's like, I'm a real comic. That guy you know, has things in a bag that he pulls out. Right. Yeah. So... But I, I talked to this guy. Like I used to have to open for prop comics when I was uh, when I was younger, and there used to be this dude who worked in the Bay Area named Denny Johnston. I think was his name, and he had like he like do like he had a Stretch Armstrong doll, and he had like you know things that he'd used in his act. And I, I got to be be honest with you, as as much contempt as anyone might have towards prop comics, uh, to be on a show with them and see them have to reload their suitcase in between shows. <laughs> It's not easy for them either. To put the doll head back on. And it's a very touching And I, I want to be clear, like, genuinely, I have no problem with prop comedy. I actually do enjoy it. And that was, you know... Oh, really? Kind of, yeah, I have no problem with it. Why not? Okay. I mean, we're all... Are you afraid that you're going to fetch the prop comedy? What's that? <laughs> Are you afraid that, like, there might be a couple of guys out there? Well, yeah, I wouldn't want to uh, offend anyone. Um, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why would I want to offend anyone Because it if feels good. To offend... <laughs> Haven't you ever offended a room full of people and you have that moment where they're like, ugh, and you're like, oh, I'm free. Yeah, but that's me. <laughs> yeah. But that would be me deliberately trying to do it, and it's got something to do with me. It's got nothing oh. to do with someone else. Like, I wouldn't just say I don't like you because you find that interesting. I oh, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, Because for me, if, like, if I'm on stage and I know I'm doing a joke that might really fucking alienate everybody or make everybody really uncomfortable, right. and then it does... That moment where nothing is being said, mm -hmm. you are so alone. Yeah. <laughs> I and love that moment. Sometimes I just like to sit in it. Yeah, yeah because yeah. no one knows what's going to happen. You were just in charge. Now mm -hmm. they don't like you. Mm -hmm. And if the longer you hold the moment, the weirder it fucking gets. <laughs> yeah. And then they start looking at each other. And then generally, you've got two ways to go. You try to get them back or you cry. Mm -hmm. So it undescended. And yeah. uh, <laughs> the point is it could have cooked in my abdominal cavity. Therefore, what we did was uh, don't. Well, it's possible it happens. Um, How do we get back to this? And uh, I believe you led me into it with silence. You said there's a silent moment. But um, anyway, so it I could cook in my stomach. So I went on this journey to find out uh, if um, this I is on was the show. This is on the show. Yeah. Um, that you you thought of and. Um, it, uh, so we find out in the end that I am fertile, uh, but before I, we actually go and talk to a fertility doctor, I've got to find out, well, do I want to have kids? So I talk to a daycare worker, and then when I find out I have to deliver a sample, uh, I have to say, hold on a second, better go talk to a priest. So we interview a priest about masturbation. Did he help you? Whether or not it's a sin. He, he jerked me off pretty good, yeah. Yeah. Pretty good, eh? Apparently, that's, uh, that's the secret sacrament, that a lot of them do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the unspoken one. They, it's they part run, of the priesthood. They run their own little fertility clinic, don't they? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> John, it was a pleasure having you. Thank you for it? being yeah. here. Oh, yeah. thank you yeah, so just, much, Mark. You stay right, here. You'll be moved down. John Doerr, ladies okay. and gentlemen. Thanks, everybody. Are you good? You feel all right? feel great. Yeah, you got thank enough you beer? Yeah, it's I, great yeah, I, got, I got enough beer. Does anyone want a beer, by the way? Do you, uh, do you want one? Oh, here. Come get it. Okay, so let's... Uh... Oh, my God. You're drunk. You can't have one. Uh, you see that? Tell the John listeners. just offered a woman in the audience a beer, and when she got up on stage leaning in, he taunted her with it and moved it away, making her look like a craven animal. But she got the beer, and she's proud. Cheers, bud.
right now it's my pleasure on some level to bring out someone who apparently felt a need on his podcast. Now, now th I want you to know that this is the only guest I've had. I did his show. He had just done his radio show, and then we recorded his podcast and recorded mine back to back. But I was in his place, and you know it was uncomfortable, and he yelled at me a lot for no fucking reason at all. <laughs> and then he uh, guest hosted Adam Carolla's show, I think, last week. Um, and, and I got five emails saying that he said something about me. And I've known him a long time, and I genuinely like this person. But I, I think he needs help. I think there's a little man inside that's crying. And the big man in charge is yelling. And, and I am a specialist in that particular syndrome. So please welcome from Fritz Dog Radio, Greg Fitzsimmons, ladies and gentlemen. Hi, Greg. Hi, how are you? Nice to see you. Establish contact early. I remember reading that yeah, in John in Bradshaw. <laughs> Do you? Yes. Hey, Dad, you know, maniacal eye contact with early physical How's contact. your wife? How's your wife and kids? Good? Take it inside his home. Mm -hmm. They okay? Fra I think you, your framing. career's going well, right? You're writing a book? See, you fucked up. You brought him out first, and we established you're the problem. <laughs> Should have brought me out first. Started with a clean slate. Some hope, some possibility that you're good now. Well, I didn't tell them what you said yet. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. Now, I've known Greg for probably 20 years. Can you do that joke I used to like? The, um... See, this is it. What? You're not even... Don't, not, what? Just do it. Just be mean. Don't do the John Lennon meets patchouli oil and Bukowski and then he back ends the insult. Just say the insult. What was that? Just That was a string of descriptions that made no fucking sense. You know, I'm not going to let you I'm saying you're passive aggressive. John Lennon, Charles you Bukowski, cloak yourself patchouli, in passive aggression. Bay Area, liberal, Bay Area. hippie. Oh, so fucking... this is your style? You just list adjectives and references <laughs> until something hits. You throw a bunch of shit against the wall. You break me down to well, some it's sort eclectic. of cultural stereotype. Like your fashion. you feel like you're saying something? The, the button down what shirt. What the fuck are you? What are you, a little old Irish guy? No, it's St. Patrick's Day. You told me to wear a hat. That's fucked Don't up. Don't put that on me. You fucking said wear a cap and Don't we'll do you... the St. Patrick's Day thing. Well, you're and then an I come out and you do a joke about it. was yesterday, wasn't it? Well, when did your podcast is so old, I just figured what are you talking it goes about? back in time, right? How are you going to get out you of that one? You break the time-space continuum. I told with you the to wear a hat on St. Patrick's yes. Day, and today is clearly not You said we're going to do jokes about St. Patrick's Day, wear an Irish cap. And then you fucking make jokes about my hat? That's absurd. That's insane. <laughs> I wasn't listening. But okay. It's good. So let's just try to no, render it down I, to what I, the I problem is. I guess what is. I'm saying is that you, you did that. He brings up a joke. When I started out in Boston... It's as, a great joke. I it, fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> when I started out in Boston, I was a guy who uh, worked... I, I, I worked both sides of the plate. There were the... What does that Cross mean? comedy. What kind of plate was it? Was well, it a Well, I guess if you want to take a shit a, on the metaf metaphor halfway through, then we won't know what it means, will we? Well, I got to be honest with you. Usually it turns on. Your, 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 your metaphors can go on a long time and not necessarily hit ground. I was able to work the rooms like Mark and David Cross and the, the, the alternative before it was called alternative rooms. Yeah, but I those was rooms able, didn't even exist then. This was before well, they, that. Well, cross comedy did exist then because you did it and I did it and it was around. Okay. 
But I also would go to Nick's Comedy Stop and tell dick jokes to yeah. people where I actually we, we made were, money right. and paid we, my we rent. Both did, we both, we both were able to work both rooms. Okay. So right. now the metaphor works for you. Yeah, I'm going to go have a cigarette. That's, that's all it takes? So let's do the. I thought you were passive aggressive. <laughs> the point being, I accrued a couple of bits I'm not proud of today. I look back on, and you know, they were grenades I had in my belt for when I needed them in a fucking saloon room in Boston see, in front of a bunch of union workers. And then you pull it up 20 years later, like not, somehow. This is not the point. See, you are getting defensive. I thought it was an adorable joke. You're full of shit. No, I'm not. Why do you I'm sure that about me? I'm and it's a blowjob joke. Where does adorable find its way into that? Do you want me to do the joke? Do it. I can't remember it. Ah. Uh, Can I ask a question? Like, I don't yeah. just know how vocal I'm supposed to be. Is there an ounce of truth to this? Yeah. Like, is this, there's, there's a genuine kind Tension? of... So you truly feel like he's bringing it up for... Well, here, let me tell you what happened on Corolla's show. And, okay. I, and, I, and we talked about it. And I was not satisfied with your explanation. That's fine. <laughs> Let's talk. I about got it. like three or four emails from people who said. I know, was seven on the phone last week, four during my intro, and now just two or three. Interesting. <laughs> what? Whatever. Yeah. I, I well, not whatever. I, it's a big fucking charge that I'm the blasphemous of the okay, Mark well, Marin. Under ten. Okay. okay. All right. Now it's under 10. See, this is the kind of radio you do. Was that controversial, whatever just happened? You're fucking math? No, not the kind. And here's, here's why you can't win against you, Mark. Oh, really? You can't? No. Oh, good. No, it's a, it's a martial art. You, you deconstruct everybody into a compartment. Like, Mark could see uh, Stephen Wright and go, oh, yeah, he's doing that thing where you just fucking say funny things that aren't connected. <laughs> Everything is he's doing that thing. And now you're trying to say that about my radio show, that I'm doing that kind of radio. No, I'm doing exactly what I do on stage, on a radio show, and on a podcast. And I never actually step back and describe it or try to shape it. I try to just let it come from the inside. That's what I do. But okay. I, don't, I don't hurt people. Yes, you do. You very, this gentleman right here, you... Uh, I was hurt a bit. Yeah. <laughs> it's like moments ago. Thank but you. that will Thank be you, denied. Greg. That will be denied, like the sixth, seventh, and eighth emails. No, you're right. And in. my relationship with Mark is is very new. Where uh, now I'm looking into the future. And Get I can used see to what it. I can be. Get used to it. Now, Mark, I truly, if you want to, how much? You said you, I stole your TV show idea, which I did not. I didn't say that. I said I pitched the same thing, and I was sad that you were able to do oh, it. Oh, you're such a John Lennon, John Lennon patool. <laughs> oh, I can't remember what it was. Now you got to get four of them out in two seconds. That way people can't really see if they make sense. You guys just right. misunderstand me. It's like a collage. Okay, so here's what you said. At some point during a conversation in the podcast, you said, uh, yeah, Mark Marin, not a good guy. Uh, don't like him, like to talk to him sometimes. All right. Point, of order, I, wait, point of order, point of order. Have you listened to the podcast, which is available? No. Okay. Why so, would I, but I, you're going to quote from it. I'm just asking you. But isn't there context? Here's the context okay, wait, okay, of wait, it. But wait, Let me give you wait, the context. Wait, no, no. We've had this conversation before. Okay, any context that you make available to me right now, how See does why it you come can't win? that? How can you win when before you answer, you do a lap around my answer, <laughs> pissing on it? You, you, you circled my wait, answer wait, that has not wait. yet been vocalized. Not, not a good guy. Don't like him. Like talking to him. What let context me, it's is like going to justify joke. Let that? Let me finish. It's the opposite of let me finish. It came off a question. 
One of your... Oh, so that makes it okay? One of your fans... So the answer to the question was... Okay, I'm sorry. Can I finish? Yeah, yeah. Oh, one Christ. of your fans... Who, uh, amongst, who are a lovely group of people. It's nice to see nice 100 people that probably still have library cards. <laughs> One of your fans called oh, I'm in. sorry, I don't have fans that can't fucking read. <laughs> no, you didn't! <laughs> What's sadder is you have fans and you can't download. Because if you had, you would have heard that it came off a question. One of your fans called in and said, what's going on? Do you hate Mark Maron? And I said, Mark's one of my favorite people in the world. If there were 100 people at a party, he'd be the first person I'd walk up to and talk to. He interests me. He's compelling. He's honest. He's raw. But he's not a good person. (laughs) And that's like word for word of what I said. And in your shame spiral, you mitigated all the compliments and your Jew laser vision found the little piece of shame and you fucking latched onto it and went down with it. Not enough to make you get up and download it, but enough to keep reading emails from people. Two, seven, who knows next week how many it'll be. Isn't Greg great, everybody? Isn't this guy great? Thanks very much. He's not going anywhere. But you see what you just did? You just rallied the troops. They all got a good laugh at my expense, which I truth. enjoy. With the truth. Whatever the fucking truth is, you did exactly what my mother Whatever did. Whatever the truth is, that's like fucking Rush wait, Limbaugh wait. going into all the matters oh, now of opinions. Rush Limbaugh? Wait. But I know, okay, no, but, but I but told the truth. To me. Wait, okay, I, I appreciate the truth. All okay, right. I appreciate that. All right, that's very nice of you to tell the truth and give me the context, okay? Yeah. I'm glad I'm one of your favorite people. You are. I'm glad you love talking to me at parties. That's all very good, but you see what you did? It's like, great guy, love him, but he's Hitler. <laughs> all right. Hitler. I, no, I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying that what you did is you did there's exactly... A, there's a lot of spread between Hitler well, and not a point. good guy. Let me get to the point. <laughs> let me get to the point is that my problem was, the shame spiral was not the shame spiral. It was like, I understood when we talked on the phone, you're like, hey, I work without a filter. And I understand that. I do as well. But all those nice things you said were still buttoned with the fact that you said, not a good guy. And my problem with that is, not a good person? I said, not a good, but he's not a good person. Oh, well, that's different. Yeah, I mean, I didn't want it to be sexist. I mean, when I was writing it... (laughs) I really, you know, I, I But you know it. I'm a good guy. Why would you say something like that about me? But you're me? not a good... Look, anyone can be a good guy. I, I'm not interested in good... There's lots you're of people that are polite. You're a horrible little man. You're a horrible no. little man. You are. You do nothing but push and push and push ah. until people break down. And, and, like, and, and I know that for you to call me not a why good little? guy... But why little? That's, that's where... Oh, I'm sorry. That's a little I bit of a I was telling push. the truth. The truth is, the national average, and I've looked it up online, is 5'8". I'm 5'8". I'm exactly the national average. Yeah. You're as tall as my That's mother. That's the truth. But, no, what, here's what I'll say. I, I, I don't, in my, in my agenda of what I find compelling in people, nice isn't even on it. I don't care about politeness. Oh, so now you're saying kindness. that you like me because I'm not a good guy. Wow. Just take in the first part. I you're grew up funny. with this shit. You're yeah. smart. Then you're going to erase it with the punchline. You're punch honest. Line. Yeah. You're not a good guy, Mark. You know that. <laughs> now he's going to try and sell me on it? Come on. You're an evil little fuck inside. I'm just trying to show you you. 
come on, Mark. Let's keep going inside and find that little fucking devil that doesn't give a fuck about anybody and only serves himself. He's actually more like Glenn Beck, to be honest with you. I'm not like Glenn yeah. Beck. That's ridiculous. No, I well, guess what I'm, I'm a bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> hey, no, what the fuck? I thought you were going to smoke a fucking cigarette. Okay. No, 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 no. We're kidding. We're kidding. We're all going to leave in a minute. By the way, it's my favorite thing to do. If you, my if, you ever, if you ever meet somebody for the first time, and we just met tonight, here's yeah. a great, great... We've actually met before. Go on. Rude I'm thing joking, to say. Rude thing yeah, to yeah, say. Yeah, I know. <laughs> if it were true, that would be rude. Rude. It would be passive aggressive again. Can I do Mark? Can I do Mark? Yeah. Rude thing not to remember. Good. Little man. No. He wouldn't have done it with the Howie Mandel twist at the end. Uh, we never met, right? Until tonight. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so why fucking double back on it? Comedy 101. It. You don't. Oh, this is the, the UCB. Guy. Listen to that tone. I Would you ever hear shit. me talking that tone? Then why fucking double back on and it? Here's what you do. You're right, it is First, Lobot, it, it is. It's just yeah. it's counter comedy to, to do the old. Uh, no, oh, we now didn't. we're nah, giving comedy we're lessons? Hold we're on. We're at I'll... the UCB theater. What the fuck else? We're not making money. <laughs> See, that's you. Yeah. You see? The twinkle. I just it's a twinkle. saw it. It's a twinkle. this horrendous manic Irish horror show. <laughs> just beyond these eyes, they're like, hey, you're not a good guy. There's like, I don't fuck you. Yeah. Right in there. I know I'm angry. I admit it. Okay. Right. You're, you're both very passionate. No, but I, I was I was like <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> you're great. You're like Let me a just perfect the... codependent person. I'm, I'm a I know. Guy. I'm a really good guy. Yeah. But I just want to come back to If what... we had a sitcom, there's no way they wouldn't cast him as the guy with the bedroom in between us. <laughs> so, so, will you guys cast me? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, now, no, no, on. but the re- Okay, right. go on, go on. So here's understand. what you do. You sit down yeah. next to someone you never met before, dinner party, whatever. Sit down. Hello, nice to meet you, blah, blah, blah. Nice to meet you. Look away and then go, guess what state I'm thinking of right now? Saskatchewan. Wrong. Guess again. (laughs) They'll either ask for another seat or you'll have a friend for life. And for the audio listeners, I slid my hand directly towards his one ball when he (laughs) named whatever state it would be. It didn't have to be Saskatchewan for this bit. For the U.S. listeners, that's a place in Canada, I assume. I... I want to say this right now. I, I, I like you. I think you're just as bad a guy as I am. I do too. I never said I was better. That's what, that was always my point, is that we're, we're oh, not yeah. that much different. No, I don't no, know no. why we're fighting. Because we're not that much different. That's why we need him, Mark. Oh. Greg Fitzsimmons, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Thanks a lot. John Doerr. Oh, God, I didn't know where that was going to go. You guys are great. I think we resolved something, didn't we? No? Not really? I like him, but I wish I could remember that blowjob joke. (laughs) It was something about... I know he's still here. He used to do this joke where he'd be like... uh, I can't remember how you set it up. Greg? Like he's going to do that. It was something about how, like, you know, women, they, they, uh, the, the punchline is like, women give us blowjobs, but you don't know what we're doing while you're giving us the blowjob. And he just, he used to go, he just used to go. <laughs> How's that still not funny? Great Fitzsimmons. And for those of you listening at home, it was the victory push with both hands, and then he spit his tongue out, and then uh, he smiled. 
Right now, as always, we have uh, two very special guests for the end of the show. And first, uh, I'd like to welcome from the uh, David Feldman Comedy Podcast, Mr. Jim Earl, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much. Uh, Mark, you forgot to read my intro. I'm sorry. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, I am so humbled to be in the presence of our next performer. He is my idol, he is my mentor, and yes, he is the winner of the prestigious Emmy Award for Comedy Writing and the Peabody Award for Journalistic Excellence. But I wish I'd read this bit. Both of which can be yours for a nominal fee at the end of the show. And now before I bring him on, I'd like to make some weird animal sounds, kind of like a lemur being run over by a Cadillac Escalade. Quirk! Squirk! Oh, by the way, I hereby renounce my American citizenship and align myself with the terrorist forces of the Taliban. Allah Akbar, and now, how about a big hand for Jim Earl? Thank you. Woo, I don't know what the hell that was all about. <laughs> well, um... I like to get uh, bring things down here for the next 30 minutes uh, and read a uh, little poetry from my uh, cafe journal. And all I'm here in Hollywood, and a lot of you people, as well as I, we go to cafe and we write stuff and we try to be creative. And this is just a little record of of that, uh, my cafe journal. 3 p.m. Hail Satan. Father of lies, de demon of hell, Beelzebub, lord of the flies. This will be my day to write. Oh, scaly penist one, help me write the next Seth Rogen vehicle. Three p.m. Spent $12 on an espresso and a real big cookie they don't allow you to touch while it's still in the jar. Now on to writing. 3.35 p.m. Oh, look. Looks like Mark's on Facebook again. His status updates are always so personal and compelling. Yet when you meet the man, there's really nothing there. What is that all about? Oh, 5 p.m., people are staring. I know they can hear what I'm thinking, probably because I'm talking to myself. <laughs> Let go of my cookie, immigrant, I'm not through. <laughs> 6 p.m., God, I hope Mark doesn't invite me up to his place. <laughs> Last thing I need is to sit up there watching Pepitone eat ricotta cheesecake again. <laughs> they just sit there eating cheesecake without even looking at each other. <laughs> disturbing. 7 p.m. The man at the table across from me has a second face on the back of his head. I will name it Jackie. Mmm, another mocha. 7.45 p.m. 
Yesterday, I went back to the meeting place. The body's gone. <laughs> I gotta keep better track of this shit. p.m. The place is closed and I'm locked in. (laughs) Next time I should come out of the bathroom. Still can't write anything, but tonight I will create. Mmm, another latte. 3 a.m. Still can't write. I wonder if they'll ever get my urine smell out of that big jar of cookies. a.m., I press my buttocks onto a delicious apple crumb pie (laughs) and weep the tears of the damned. (laughs) It is good. Cathartic. 3.45 a.m., through a series of complex endocrine injections, I have created woman out of an ordinary bunt cake. and fashion my own currency from skin flakes and bone chips. (laughs) Now for a scone. (laughs) 6 a.m. Here I sit upon my throne of urine-soaked croissants (laughs) and await the onslaught of vermin who dare try to usurp my reign. The herbal tea is soothing. Final entry, 7.30 a.m. I hear them beating on the front door Thank God for fire. At last I am erect. Thank you. Jim Earl. That's beautiful. Beautiful. You can hear Jim uh, regularly on David Feldman's comedy podcast. Fucking genius. Now let's bring out genius number two. A joy to all who has ever encountered him. We're going to Tempe, you know that? I'm, he's going to come with me to Tempe, Arizona. When is that, Eddie? The 8th and 9th. Of what, April? April. Oh, fuck, I can't do that. <laughs> Eddie Pepitone, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Hi. Hi, how are you? You want to go up to the big mic? You want to do it that way? Yeah? Yeah. Do you need me to... Sounds s- like a... Uh, it was... Uh, sorry, everybody. Fucking... It sounds like... Uh, <laughs> No, I'm sorry, but little things like that it would get me. Yeah, I know. No, isn't it true that we could keep our shit together like through like, oh, he died of cancer, she died of cancer, and then some fucking cord gets wrapped around and we snap. That's how it happens for me. All right? I'm looking at a guy. You look like you've been up five days in a row fucking driving a truck, and that's what I hate. When I look into the audience and I see people who are looking at me like they're so fucking dead inside that I'm a happy man. I don't know what's going on with you, pal. You ever get that? Oh, yeah. (laughs) We're going on the road together and it's going to be wild. I hope so. It's going to be a lot of cheesecake and espresso. Two sober guys. Give me more cheesecake. Give me more cheesecake. We can't do anything but eat. They're here again. (laughs) 
Anyway, I, I just want to talk. I, I'm going to focus in a little bit on Shutter Fucking Island. Right? I, can I just... I, I like that movie. Just want to interject. You, <laughs> you did like it. I gave it a six. Round of applause if you saw it. A lot of people saw it. What else are you going to do? Seriously, what else are we going to do but go and see movies? The only, thing, the only other thing available to us is shop. You can go and see movies or shop. What else can you fucking do? Or you can spend time with your significant other, you know, just talking, going, yes, let's make something out of ourselves. That's what I do with my significant other. We just have, we just sit across a table from each other and go, we can do it, baby. I know we both don't have incomes right now. It's okay. I am pretty sure I will be cast as the neighbor on a sitcom before I'm dead. I know, I now know I'm not a lead guy. I'm not John Cryer or Marty she or Charlie Sheen. Who, by the way, how does Charlie Sheen keep fucking working when he puts knives to women's throats? How does he do that? He's got a great management team. Anyway, no, he must, right? Right, Gene, like he stabbed somebody and his manager is at CBS go, no, no, that was fine. Charlie's fine. He's fine. <laughs> hey, look, he's going to be there early next day. John Cryer, when John Cryer talked about Sheen doing that, Cryer was like, oh, he's always so polite on this set. It's just a string of women in his car that's not working out. But anyway, I go to see Shutter Island because what else is there to do? Right. Right? They, I yeah. think they're taking trauma off the air. By the way, what a great show that was, wasn't it? I don't know. Trauma? I didn't see it. Anybody watch that piece? It's about people getting blown up. And you're supposed to really dig that for, for fucking entertainment. But anyway, I go to see Shutter Island, and here's my thing. I want to say this to Scorsese, because I know Scorsese. Does he download your fucking thing? Of course he does. I don't know. These fucking... You, Scorsese, you are a little violent asthmatic fuck. And stop it already with Boston, all right? Is it is true that Departed and everything is Boston and, every, and in all his movies, everybody's deceiving everybody. Like, yeah, you little fuck. I'm getting like in The Departed, it was like, yeah, you fucking piece of shit. I'm a bigger piece of shit than you are. And it's just shit swimming in shit. And we eat our caramel corn at the arc light. We watch this shit. And we're like, what a great fucking movie. More scumbags. Fucking scumbags. And that was a good night out. Wasn't it, honey? Because Scorsese, he's a master director. Oh, you ever hear people talk about this fuck? What a master director. Yeah, master director. This little asthmatic fuck. Who, who has probably got the shit beat out of him his whole life, just is like, all right, this is my idea for the film. Three guys get a baseball bat and they just beat the shit out of this fucking guy. I, I really can't understand why you don't get work in this town. <laughs> oh yeah, like Marty Scorsese is the fucking puppet master behind these fucking sitcoms I auditioned for. Hey Scorsese. Should we hire Pepitone as the neighbor and he's in Tribeca with a cigarette? No! There's <laughs> blood dripping down from his respirator that keeps him alive. No! I want to see that fuck blog about every, how everything sucks. You'd be great in a Scorsese movie. <laughs> I think I'd be great in a Scorsese <laughs> 
But shut her fuck, Scorsese. Just fucking give it up and don't. And this fucking Leo DiCaprio. What the fuck? Listen, let me tell you. Yeah, 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 DiCaprio. You can act, but I know someone who ran into you at a coffee bean here, and they said you were very nice. So deal with that, scumbag. I don't even understand why I said that. I really don't. And um, this is this whole segment for me with Mark has been a cry for help from day one. I don't know what I'm doing anymore. I yell, and when I after I do these rants, by the way. I go home and I talk to my girlfriend. I'm like, honey, I don't know about being so negative. I, <laughs> I really say shit. I really say shit like that because I feel like if you fucking bring out negativity, if you bring out all this anger, you know, if you unleash that demon, then it's there all the time. Like I'm driving. I'm a terror driving. I'm like one of these guys. I will not get out and fight you. I draw the line there. But I will be the guy. Bam! What the fuck? Fuck! I got nowhere to go! And you're fucking taking your time! That's what pisses me off. If I had somewhere to go, I might not be as angry in the fucking car. But I'm in that car with nowhere to go. And that's the anger part of it. It sounds like you're there everywhere. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Anyway, I just want to say this to Scorsese and all the fucking... I used to be one of those new... I'm from New York. I don't know if you could tell. I used to be one of those New York theater actors. Oh, I'm going to do the wool gatherer and key exchange and fucking John Guare, House of Blue Leaves. Suck my cock, New York actors. You fucking try to come to this town and get a small part in Transformers 3, which I tried to do last week. And they said, oh, you're an effeminate manservant. And then at the last minute they go, oh, and do it with the German accent. Fuck you. I don't need that. Did you try? I tried, it came out French and they laughed at me. They laughed at me. But you think I give a shit? I walk with my head held low no matter what happens. My head is held low no matter what happens. Oh boy, these rants really take a lot out of me. You wanna sit down? Yeah. All right. Should I sit down? Sure. We never have sat down for a... No, yeah, I think we can relax a minute. Uh, all right, what happened with all the glass? It looks like there was like it's a party was... with nitrous oxide. No. Fucking and... That was John Doerr's act. <laughs> No he, right? no, he did a thing. It was funny. He broke a, a bottle over his head. Did he? Yeah. <laughs> See, that's the kind of shit my manager should be saying to me. Break something over your head. This kid Thor's got a thing on IFC. Why don't you start breaking shit over your head, you fucking idiot? Have you pitched a show before? Uh, not really. No. Yeah. No. Do, I if you were going to pitch one, what do you think it would be? Like, where do you see? Like, in the in the best of yeah. all situations, I'm Eddie Pepitone. I'm ready to be me. This is what I'm going to do. Make it happen. What? The the thing that I always think is that I it would be a sketch show with me at its center, mm -hmm. and it would be. I always think of this that I have woken up. It's kind of cliche, but I've woken up and I'm in an insane asylum. I like that idea. Do you like that sure. idea? Sure. Sure. Do you guys like it? Yeah, you like that idea? 
Well, I think just because if we can get a grassroots thing going, like the one that they tried to save Conan with, where... where <laughs> By the way, I where, love Conan, but that was a little overboard, wasn't it? Like well, people, the passion I'm just they saying, were. I'm just Let's saying... Let's save Conan! Really? How about feeding the hungry? Yeah. No, yeah, no, I mean, they had that kind of passion. Yeah, yeah, we I know, gotta yeah. save! I agree, so, I agree with you. Holy yeah. shit, take it easy. It's a couple of sketches. Okay, so uh, we can't pitch it to his company. <laughs> hey, I hear he's doing... <laughs> See, that is my problem. I get angry at all the people who can help me. <laughs> oh, really, Conan, you want to produce my show? You I know, used to... fucking weasel. When I first started doing comedy, I, when I was, like, really angry and, like, sort of weird you? and arrogant, yeah, I used to do this joke where I'd, I'd say, hey, don't, don't bite the hand that feeds you. Cut it off and wear it around your neck as a warning to other people. <laughs> and I can see the industry executive. I like this kid. I, I like this fucking kid. He's raw. He's real. We can't use him. We cannot use him. Get me Ray Romano. He's got just that right. He's got that right tone. Men of a certain fucking age who really don't offend anybody. They're just, they're just family people trying to get by. I got a couple of kids. I got a couple of kids. <laughs> My wife doesn't want to fuck me. That's his whole shtick. <laughs> I'm just a nice guy. Okay, I, so you know, he's got three hundred million dollars. Yeah, so Ray Romano's company's not going to do it. <laughs> I love the fact that all these fucks get sitcoms. And then they start production companies. That's the, that's yeah. what they do. Yeah. They fucking get successful. And they give shows to guys who are just like don't that's have a right. show. I should really just understand. <laughs> no, 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 you shouldn't. I should understand the system better. But no, my no, anger no. fuels me. Do you understand that? My anger at the powers that be fuels me. I can't say, oh, Ray Romano, he's a great guy, because then I die. <laughs> then I die. Eddie Pepitone, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I'll see you in a minute. Thank you for coming. UCB Theater. What the fuck? Great show. Uh, I should have just left on that. You guys are great. Take care. <laughs>